The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Cornwood Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back in to the Corner Booth pregame. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my co-hosts, Matt Ordazzo and Mason. Guys, happy March. It's actually been kind of a good weekend, honestly, sports-wise. I mean, not for betting. Everyone's getting fucking hammered on their fucking under. Oh my god, it was fucking I, I I it was I knew it was gonna be a rough March Madness when literally I checked my phone after dealing with a couple clients and I realized I'm already down a couple I'm down some money. I'm like, motherfucker. <clears throat> I I haven't been touching any of it with the March Madness. There's been like I think upsets all and over the place, and I'm like, I, I just I can't touch it. Yeah, I had I, I had something down. So I, I had three parlays when we were in New Orleans over the weekend. So I guess today's Monday. So Saturday night I had uh K State, um, Bama, and then maybe like TCU or someone. No, that, that might have been Friday, but but the only like everything else cashed went went three for three. But that TCU ASU game that was making me sweat. Like, but everything else, me and my friends, like my my friend hit probably a seven leg parlay. Um, wow, made like a hundred bucks, put down like five. Just all March Madness too. So the Jared method put $3 we were, down. On we were, we were feeling the, uh, the, the, the betters luck, man, since we don't get to do that up here. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I only hit one parlay this entire weekend. It was Miami against Indiana, USA beating Venezuela. Usa, Usa, Usa. <laughs> yeah. And my, my boy had up. Texas in the, in the USA. And I had, the last one I had uh, the Renegades beating the Brahmas in XFL action. I still am above 500 bet in XFL. I will take that to the bank. <clears throat> XFL has been fun. Not even like betting wise, just in general. I think the games have been a lot more, I think a lot better than maybe everybody kind of expected them to be or thought they were going to be, but they're, they're selling out stadiums They're They've like the, I think it's the battle Hawks. I think it was that sold out the entire dome. So they're, I think they're doing pretty well for year one. They'll definitely be around next year, but it's it's a great way. A lot of guys are getting contracts from it. It's helping them out. They're getting guys in. They got like Martavis Bryant and Josh Gordon in there with some of the young guys. So it's fun to watch them. I think I've uh, I think I've settled with the uh, the beer snakes and the DC defenders. Yeah, you know what's crazy is I feel so bad for this the um the Guardians man. <laughs> they are so they can't catch a break. They literally put up thirty two points on one of the best teams in football, best teams in the league, and still lose. Yeah, I, they took the Guardians out of New Jersey, so that's fine with me. Um, I, did you see the one where um, 
I don't know if Josh Gordon ran the wrong route or if or Ben DiNucci had the wrong play, but he threw a deep bomb and Gordon just stopped. And the guy just immediately intercepted it and he was just jogging. I've Ben DiNucci was pissed. And I, I don't know who ran the wrong route or what it was, but that, that was something to watch. Fair enough. My favorite thing of the weekend, though, was I turn on – I had the – everyone knows my birthday weekend, right? So shout out to all my friends, my family, you guys for just being awesome and giving me a great show. Shout out to the lady at the DMV for being really nice after basically telling me I took this appointment for basically doing jack shit. Uh, I did get my new ID, but I don't get the real ID with the little freaking star on it because I didn't have my actual birth certificate because, you know, getting a hold of that in Connecticut is like trying to find – freaking uh i don't know jeffrey epstein's list i'm not sure so Mm -hmm. it's 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 you know what honestly i was very thankful um i was make i was laughing so everyone who knows me friends with me listens to the show i i enjoy my 2a freedoms in a very responsible environment so my birthday gifts consisted of boots bullets and beer and bourbon not even kidding I got some new Ariats, the all-day comfort Ramblers. I'm telling you, man, they are the comfiest boots I've ever worn in my life. If I could wear them to work, I would. They are just – I literally put them on Friday going to the bar, and then I wore them basically from about 8 a.m. Uh, when I got out of the gym – you know, 9 a.m. I got out of the gym on Saturday till I went to bed after everyone left my house from the bonfire. I was just – I had them on. The, I had – they were on for so long that the, the leather um strap – had worn a a like act nasty burn on my ankle because I wore them for that long and my sock didn't go up high enough on my calf. So comfy boots ever took advantage of a St. Patrick's Day sale at a certain uh, proprietor of Two Way Freedom, and uh, my friends gave me a lot of great beer and bourbons and an amazing Irish whiskey that I'll probably tweet out on the show thing later, uh, or I'll just have it on Thursday. It was maybe the best Irish whiskey I've ever had. I was like, holy shit, this is phenomenal. So that being said, <clears throat> I want to thank all y'all for help coming out. But I think that's the most like redneck birthday I've ever had in my life. Yeah, when you said boots to a bar, yes, very much. I always wear boots to the bar. Exactly. I, I'm not really a big like I love wearing sneakers and shit, but like I like wearing sneakers when like we're just chilling, hanging out and shit. But like when I'm at a bar, man, like I wore my here's my reason why I never wear uh sneakers that I care about to the bar. Everyone knows I'm a big sneakerhead, right? I got hundreds of pairs of I got like hundreds of pairs of sneakers and Jordans and everything else, right? Maybe not hundreds, but at least like 40. Here's the thing. I went to a bar once in college. I had my very rare Green Glow 4s on. They have never really re-released these sneakers. They're like $700 on StockX right now. I wore them to a bar. There was a McGregor fight on. He knocks Nate Diaz out. Some girl in front of me jumps up and down in her high heels, puts a nasty gash right through the toe box in the gray Nubic leather. There's just white streaked on the front of it. I, if she wasn't one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, and I didn't get that girl's number that night, I would have been irate. I only reason I got her number is because she freaking scuffed the hell out of my Jordans. She knew exactly what she did. And she goes, I am so sorry. Let me buy you a beer. And we started a good conversation, hung out once. That's it. But listen, hey, Janessa, thank you. Appreciate it. It was a great time. Anyway, um, here here's the other thing, right? I really 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 just also boots i also feel like you know it starts raining you know 
also make you a little taller. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm almost six foot. I really don't could care fucking less. But it's like you know, I don't just there's something nice about wearing boots to a bar, man. I I will fully back this up unless I'm going in shorts. Then if you wear boots to a bar, you're a fucking weirdo. Yeah, you, yeah, you're the ones that go to the gym with the boots on and the shorts, and they're like start lifting. You're like, no, bro. I have a, one of those buddies who does that shit, man. He he shows up in the combat boots and lifts, and I'm like, dude, just. No, go put on some Reeboks or something that's pro-America and relax. Whoever told you that makes you tough, they're lying, brother. I worked out in boots once because I forgot my shit, and I was fucking miserable. I felt like I'm a bourbon. complete dipshit. I'll be wearing, <laughs> like, like Burks, like Birkenstocks to the gym. Why does that not surprise me with you? <laughs> Just, like, socks and, and Burks, man. The sandals? Yeah, I mean, if I'm not if I'm not hitting legs, like I'll just wear Burks. I mean, with socks on, I'm not like having my toes out and stuff. But oh, thank God we have socks and sandals at the gym. I don't care about the socks. Why are you wearing Birkin style Birkin? What are they called? Birkin socks. I mean, they're great. They have really good support. Listen, I'm, yeah. I'll never rock. Well, they're them comfortable. Ever, yeah, like I've worn not? I've worn a pair of my dad's when I've got to run to like real quick. When I was while I was back at home, I'm like I threw. I'm like, hey, oh, can I run? I'm like run out to like flip my steak and shit. It's snowing. I'm like, hey, yo, give me your burps quick. Because my slides were upstairs and I fucking ran outside in the snow and those things. I was like, it was only like like that much. I didn't get them all fucked up. I just didn't want to get my feet wet. And I was like, oh my God, these are so comfy. No wonder yeah. you wear them all the time. And like the more you wear them, like the more they mold to like your foot. Yeah. So like that's if why you have them for just like years, like they become really, really comfortable. The only thing I've had that is similar to that is Nike phone posits are just like that. Yeah. Where they basically mold to your feet. So like my Matt's seen them before. I wear them all the time. They're the Hawaiian green phone pods. I got them Matt senior year of college, my first year out. I bought them brand new and I literally wear them maybe I wear them every Saturday during uh during a game day for a college ball, but <clears throat> like I wear those all the time, dude. I'm telling you right now, when I've had a long day, if I don't want to wear something that's going to feel weird on my feet, I just want something going to fit like a glove. I put those fucking foams on, man. Though I could wear those with just some ankle socks and ball shorts and be comfy as hell. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I, I fully like shoes that adjust to your feet. You can't Hard beat, to beat. It. You, you mm. cannot beat. Hey man. You know, comfort over style, bro. That's, hey, that's listen, just foams the way are stylish, you though. And listen, Burks in the right setting can be stylish if you go with the full Jesus getup. I can't even talk because I've been digging these new uh, Under Armour shoes that came out. The one where the back of the heel comes out. So it's like you just like slide on these shoes yeah. and then you can put the heel back up. I I kind of been liking Didn't them. Didn't Nike do that shit first? I, I think know. so. These I look nice. So. Yeah. And then I saw somebody on Twitter fucking going after anybody who wasn't disabled buying them. I'm like, <laughs> I understand your point, but do you really have to attack anybody who just wants to not tie their shoes? Yeah. I mean, those I are literally it's... just like Crocs, bro. Like, you know, you just like yeah. put your foot in them. Like, sport. Hey, boys. Sport, sport mode. mode. <laughs> hey, no. Two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, yeah. kids. They're like, sir, you need to have a, the uh, you have to have back of the heel in order to get in for these shoes. You just slip them up. They're like, taken care of. Dude. As long as none of us rock those wear red. Crocs. As long as none of us rock those big red like animated looking yeah. boots. Yeah, right. as long as Mega Man looking shits. Yeah, those as long are as hilarious. Us, as long as none like of the us wear Sonic those, boots, fine. dude. Yeah, I don't get it. I saw it some looks... dude. I think it was I think it was um you know John Carl Esposito the actor out wearing them. I was like, what the? F 
I'm like, this dude single-handedly took down the entire planet of Mandalore, was the most dangerous gangster in the Breaking Bad universe, and is just like, was a horrible bad guy in Far Cry 5 or 6. And yet, this dude is literally wearing like those anime boots. I can't take it seriously. Yeah, those were like hot, dude. Like, you know, SGA on the Thunder is like pretty well known for just having like some wild outfits. And he had those for, um, he had those on for like All Star Weekend. What was that? Probably a month uh, ago, maybe? middle February. Yeah. But they're, those are hideous, man. <laughs> those you are know. disgusting. Listen, like I got some shit the other day because I think what I have on. Oh, I have a pair of um, Hirachis that are the the the, uh, the Miami Knights colorway. So they're they're like a, a faint silver, turquoise, pink, and black, and white. It's definitely a, it's a, it's a it's a vibe. It's a summer vibe. But it's like when my ass walks in wearing those, you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. I would never rock those shits with anything other than a pair of golf shorts and like a Guns N' Roses t-shirt or something like that. Just like literally <laughs> throwing that 80s look in there right now. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, let's talk some actual sports. Let's talk some free agent news. So um, shout to Pat McAfee breaking the Adam Thielen news this morning. <laughs> and what's even funnier is that like half the guys didn't even give him credit until he called them. I was like, so what? I get no professional courtesy? <laughs> I like this uh, Pat McAfee stuff where like guys are coming on the show and they're just like breaking the news to everybody. I think it's I, I think it's cool. It's a different spin off of just waiting to hear it on like you know it Adam Sheffrey and Rapifies a lot yeah. of media, which makes it so much better. I'm not going to comment on this whole McAfee, this dude from uh, the Ben whatever his name is the the Brett Col- Coleman thing or whatever the hell it is from this morning. I haven't listened to the full episode yet, so I'm not going to comment on it. I am going to comment, though, on how Packers fans are the fucking worst. Because of this show's former co-host, Savannah, love her, wish her the best. She's always welcome out. She wants to come on. One of the smartest Packers fans I've ever seen in life, but also she's a little delusional. Also, she's a Darren, the biggest Darren Waller stand of all time. She's probably still heartbroken about him getting traded. Um, I guess her, her mom had like some big connection with the Raiders, like a family connection. Um, anyway... We have a lot of Packers following that still follows the show on Twitter. And sometimes we'll still get like a like or retweet or like whatever a comment. And so I hope to God, none of you goons who are taking shots at Pat, who is like the only reason I still do podcasting because I was about to fucking quit this shit during COVID until I started listening to him, um, are taking shots. Listen, the whole, that whole Brett, the whole Brett, I think it's Brett Conley, that shit, that got some sir. The Brett Favre thing's fucking stupid. And, um, oh, Damon Harris signed with the Bills. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, Ramondre Stevenson getting them carries, dude. <laughs> All right. Even till Bill drafts another top, running back. Top 10 who's... fantasy pick, man. Nice. Coming soon, hey, bro. the Bills replace an injury-prone receiver. Uh, wide receiver. Oh, fuck. Now wide receiver. Running back depth with uh, another injury-prone running back. So, there right. we go. Hey, listen. Uh, I got another sleeper for you fantasy-wise, Mace, because I know you want to start doing fantasy stuff as we get close to August. By the way, look out for that shit. My boy Mace has got some heaters coming for fantasy football this year. I will say this, though. I have one. I think this is even fan bias. I was just watching this dude on tape the other day. I was like, you know, if he stays healthy, Rashad Penny's an easy 1,200 yards and about eight touchdowns behind that O-line. That's a big if he stays healthy, though. Well, it's like, also, you got to realize Seattle's O-line has been booty cheeks since, like, for sure. Sean Alexander was playing ball. For sure. And and it was like the thing where 
you know, I mean, obviously we saw Ken Walker just like explode when he took over that role pretty much like by himself. But even still, man, I mean, Seattle's probably throwing the ball with Geno like more often than, you know, most teams. So. And Kenny G's only going to, Kenny G's body can only take 15 max carries a game. Yeah. Like that dude, that he, that dude could bust a home run from the, his own one yard line and take it 99 to the house. He ran a 4 3 9, I think, in the combine. Dude's a rocket. Here's the thing he's also five foot nine, a buck 90 as a halfback. So if anything, he's going to get those. But Penny, when the Eagles get big backs in this, in a Sirianni or Peterson system, or even back in the Andy Reid days, it's just, it's a different offense, man. I, I'll take it back to Jay Ajahi, LeGarrette Blunt. That offense, when they had those two boys rumbling, that's a different beast. I love Miles. Listen, I hope good luck in Carolina with Adam Thielen now for three years. But I'm telling you right now, dude, there's something about Penny reminds me of a a better open field DeMarco Murray. But not as like Murray was obviously more durable so far. But Rashad Penny ran a 447 at 230 pounds. Dude's a moose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's, I, it's... I just I'm optimistic. I think it'd be fun. It's it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Ryan Matthews signing. Like if he stays healthy, dude's gonna be electric. So I just kind of feel like, you know, obviously we've seen, you know, last year more than the previous year with the Eagles, but I mean three separate dudes have been able to really thrive um on their given day, right? You know, obviously Boston Scott has had days where he's the primary carrier or he um, fills up the stat sheet more than uh, Miles or um, Kenneth Gainwell. But, yeah, I mean, it just all depends, dude. When you've got that triple threat like they're going to have, you know, I mean, it, Sirianni said it before. I mean, he said it plenty of times last year. But, I mean, the way they roll is just whoever's got that hot hand, man, that's who's going to be getting them, you know, all of the carries that particular week. So it's just – you know, I, I agree, Jared. He's he's definitely going to be like I don't I don't think he's going to be that much more of like an upgrade from Sanders, but he's absolutely not a downgrade. Different if anything, style. he's just. I think yeah. that's why he works better. Where Miles, right. I think also with Nick, Nick I think had enough, and that's why I pulled him. Was Miles when he gets jumpy, will try to run side. He's every single running back who doesn't have like there's two types of running backs when they have contact. The ones like Derrick Henry, Peterson, um, and every other Hall of Famer where they find a way to get forward for yardage. Even like LaShawn McCoy, who wasn't a power back, would be able to fall forward for yardage. Marshawn Lynch, same thing. Chris right. Johnson, who weighed a buck 90, would find ways to fall forward for yardage. Miles Sand, this is what separates all pros from just like average running backs. And Miles Sanders has elite talent, but his problem is he, when he gets shell shocked, Dances in the hole, and you saw it against KC. They stuck him up every time. Oh, the yeah. only effective running we had besides Jalen was Miles. I think Kenny Gainwell like was like muscling forward for a couple yards each carry. I'm like, how is a 185 pound running back getting 12, eight, six, seven yards a carry when our all pro caliber runner who finished fifth in the league in rushing can't get two yards? I think Nick Sirianni and then the fumble happened. I think Nick was like, yeah, we're not resigning this kid. I'm fucking done with him. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like, dude, when when you're kind of a scat back like Sanders is, I mean, kind of a smaller guy, absolutely by no means um, small in terms of weight. But but when you think about, and, and kind of like you were saying, Jared, when you compare him to these guys like Derrick Henry, um, you know, Najee Harris. Ramondre um, Stevenson. Right, just Jonathan like Taylor. big guys that, that can just literally run you over. Um, you know, put a stiff arm on you, you know, lower their shoulder and just kind of power through you. I mean, Sanders is not that kind of back. Absolutely not more phys- of like that physical. shifty. He's only, physical. he's only physical against like corners and safety. He's not physical right. against linebackers. When, when the linebackers in the, in the front four, front three dudes, you know, are able to kind of pin him down, I mean, he's going nowhere. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, upgrading with a guy like Penny, who's more that sort of power runner kind of style – you know, might be good because it's like you got you got Gainwell and Boston Scott to to hit him with sort of that that pass catching ability, and then the also kind of being kind of like right yeah. shifty sort of um, you know low center of gravity type back. But I mean, you know, also it's just tough, dude, because they got Jalen, bro, and it's like Jalen runs enough as it is, and maybe maybe this just tells you that they're they're just like, dude, I mean, we want to resign him. But if we're going to re-sign him, this guy can't be running the ball, you know, 10, 15, 20 times yeah. a game. Like, don't be surprised if Philly goes gets another running back in the draft. Like, I could still see them going second, third round, maybe going in uh, sharp out of – oh, yeah, oh, crap, that fucking hurt. Um, getting uh, sharp out of um, Tulane or getting Jameer Gibbs in the second round. They're going to go get a back in second, third, fourth round. That's what they do. They don't ever spend a first rounder on a back. But um, I definitely say um, – most likely, I think that day one starter is going to be either Kenny or Penny. Kenny or Penny, nice. Um, but the, it really comes down to the fact is if Rashad Penny is healthy, if, he, if he's injured in camp, Nick will cut his lot. Nick and, and Howie will be like, yeah, Rashad, listen, we'll put you on IR. Like they also have Trey Sermon, who was a second round pick three years ago, who just was sitting, sitting on their on a practice squad, and that dude's a bruiser. He came yeah. in for one game and he had like eight, he had like twelve yards on two carries. Just smashing that that was line. always a very confusing, you know, drafted originally by the Niners after, you know, I think he had two years at OU where he was very successful and then transferred over to Ohio State for that COVID year. But they only played like six games or whatever, seven games because they got <laughs> that infamous season. Yeah, dude. And he was I mean, he had that like Big Ten championship game where dude had like three something hundred yards or something. It was, three, it was like three oh four or something. Ridiculous. And had like two or three touchdowns, like essentially like one in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, drafted by the Niners. And then, like, isn't even on the active roster. Like, dude's like on the practice squad for the entire year. And then what did they do? Did they cut him? I can't remember how that went down. But, I mean, that was always – people were really excited. It's like this guy's going to slide, you know, three – third, fourth-round pick probably, um, and someone's going to pick him up, and he's just going to be raw. But, I mean, still, for whatever reason, hasn't really found, like, a solid place to play in the NFL. I don't know why. I mean, he was was really good at OU, and then – you know, obviously, as we saw at Ohio State that year before he went to the draft was was nasty as well. All right, breaking news: the Philadelphia Eagles have signed a safety, 
Justin Evans of the, of the former New Orleans Saints. I mean, listen, I, I know who Justin Evans is. He's not bad. I, I don't even know that name, man. <laughs> uh, second round pick to Tampa three years ago. Huh. Or four years mm. ago. He's my age. He's 28. I mean, it's a depth Sounds kind like, of thing. Yeah, I was going to say depth. The Eagles want to always have five safeties on the roster. It's been like their shtick ever since they started with the Sirianni era. They always have five safeties. They have one box guy, and they have – Two free roll. They have two guys starting. One guy who rotates in, and they have two backups. So, yeah. Reed Blankenship's going to be a starter. The White Rocket himself picked off Aaron Rodgers. The first game I ever saw Aaron Rodgers. First, first, uh, first uh, dr- uh, drive after Garner Johnson gets hurt. The White Boy picks off Aaron Rodgers, and the whole stadium mm-hmm. went fucking nuts. But um, yeah, no. Oh, speaking of safeties, the Philadelphia Eagles, um. Like uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, uh, South Detroit Lions. One love the move for the Lions. I think he fits the vibe there perfectly. He's a free roam safety. He's he's good if he stays healthy for five to five to six interceptions a year. He's a ball hawk, perfect to fit in that defense. I think that's an energy kind of move. It sucks because basically he got a great offer from Philly when this free agency started. He thought he was going to get more money. He basically let it ride and he lost. And so I have no will will or CJ. I wish him the best of luck. Do I like how he's kind of getting a little snippy on, on, uh, on Facebook, on in Twitter's Eagles fans. Not really hate seeing that. I like seeing clean breaks with players who gave, gave us stuff, but also Eagles fans are fucking monsters. Sometimes I will fully admit it as one of them, but I do have one shot to take. And ladies and gentlemen, usually we don't do this on a Monday, but guys, we got one. That's a clown question, bro. Gentlemen, we got a clown of the week on a Tuesday. All right. So I sent this to Matt because I couldn't believe what I read. So to quote, Universal Sports Management, they are the representation for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Perception versus reality. One year, one year real. Great grammar, guys. One year deal versus three year fake. Which sounds better to you? Okay, so you're already calling the Eagles offer fake. Whatever. Um, one one year deal worth eight million dollars, or two a three year deal, twenty four million dollar max with seventeen mil on in the third year. Which one are you taking? Mic drop. So. CJ and the Eagles, it looked like the Eagles cheaped out in the end originally. It looked like, okay, you know, Howie didn't feel like ponying up for CJ at the end. And then they tweet this shit. Dude, see, whoever tweeted this out from their management team is probably getting fired, smacked, beaten, whatever. Because this tweet just looks like, it looks stupid. I'm like, I read, I'm like, ain't no fucking way an actual management tweeted this. And then a buddy of mine, shout out to my boy Tommy, Tom R. Peterson, by the way, one of the best Eagles follows on Twitter. Um, follows me, by the way, for some fucking reason. Don't ask me why. Um, me who tweets out one thing a fucking month. Um, yeah, I could not believe this was tweeted out by his actual management. And then I saw it actually getting the rounds through our Eagles Twitter, through our NFL Twitter. I was like, huh. So these guys are just fucking morons. So all I'm going to say is this. CJ, congratulations on your inevitable second round exit with the Detroit Lions. Next year, before you eventually go to another team, it's okay. 
I, I, I wish you the best of luck getting knocked out by us. Um, hmm. The Bears, who apparently are going to sign everybody into the fucking sun, uh, you know, and whoever wins the NFC West, most likely San Francisco. Or, Cowboys, um, dude. What? Cowboys. Cowgirls, too, man. They might be back. We don't know. Even though it just was Dalton Schultz. And that was enough what I want to talk about next. But I do think Clown of the Week nominee for Thursday is Universal Sport Management. I'll let that just stay with you guys. Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary are and, and re-signing Laramie Tunsil. All going back to, to Mason's hometown, baby. Mace, your boys down in H-Town feeling good right now? Are they feeling a little optimistic? You know, I, I think it's really interesting. Um, me and Matt were kind of talking about it briefly pre-show. You know, obviously, this those two moves are for sure upgrades from what they had last year, last season. But, I mean, like me and Matt were kind of saying, I mean, if everything goes perfectly, um, they get one of C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and, and either of those guys is um, – Offensive Rookie of the Year or or runner up, they're they're a six win team like Max. So I mean, I I don't know. I like it. It's it's I obviously that- an upgrade. You're moving in the right direction, but it just feels like um, the Schultz. You know, one year nine million. Who knows if he'll even be on the team um, in two seasons in 2024? Uh, you, I mean, you just got to feel like I, I don't know. Let's let's see what they do with that number thirteen pick. Um, they're probably going to take a wide receiver there, who you know is most likely going to be the WR one. Get my boy Q. Yes, him or Jordan Addison, man. I, I think that would be those would be two Ooh, really good picks. A teaser for our end of the show segment there, Mace. Yes, but um, I don't know. How do you feel about it, Matt? I mean, like I said, we kind of briefly spoke on it, but I mean, they're moving in the right direction. It's if you're a Texans fan, you have to feel optimistic because in in previous years with the coaching head coaching uncertainty and all that, they haven't really been active in the free agent market or trading for players or you know drafting really like offensive talent at all. Really, I I think the future is starting to look a little bright for Houston. Um, just with some of the moves they made recently, I mean they traded for Shaq Mason. They've got Singletary in their backfield. They got. Dalton Schultz now they just re-signed Laramie Tunzel. They they're making a lot of really good moves and they have a lot of draft capital to build on. So that I agree with like maybe like a five, six win window. Um as like a max, you know, I think it's safe to not go over any of that. And they'll probably have a top 10, 12 pick next year again, but I think they're moving in the right direction. With Dalton Schultz, I'm a big Dalton Schultz guy. I I like him. I think there's a lot of potential in him to emerge as like a top five tight end in the league consistently. Um, you look at his stats and I believe he spent about five seasons in the NFL right now, and he didn't really start to emerge until the 2020 season and on. So if you look at his stats in the last three seasons, so 2020 to 2022, he's had 198 receptions for 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns. So since 2020, he's averaging 66 uh, receptions, uh, 666 yards, and 5.6 touchdowns. Last year, he was 7th in targets with 86, 11th in receptions and 57, 10 in yards with 577, and 7th in touchdowns with 5. So he's he's consistently got some pretty good ranking numbers for a tight end. 
And he's, I think it's worth noting last year, he was second on the team in receiving yards. And in 2021, he was third on the team in receiving yards, but that was only by 56 behind Amari Cooper. So definitely plays a significant role in the offense for Dallas. Um, and depending on who they draft at tight end, they're going to have a really good option with him to use to. So if you can't find any of those receivers that are open, little dump off pass to the tight end. He's athletic. He's got good hands. Um, and I think he's going to work out really well in Houston if they use him, or he'll just hit the open market again next year, get another one or two year deal, and we'll see what happens from there. I'm not, ex- I mean, I'm not expecting him to break out and have a thousand yard season with a rookie quarterback in Houston. It's not impossible to, for him to replicate some of these numbers he had this year. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm a big Dalton Schultz guy. I think it's a great signing for Houston, um, especially for a team that like Houston, who hasn't really, who hasn't had a tight end, like a big tight end in a long time. Jordan Akins and Brevin Jordan. Um, I mean, if you want to go further than that, I don't even know who I'm going to name. Like, Ryan Griffin, baby, UConn's finest. Ryan Griffin. You have to go back to the Andre Johnson days for some of these guys. Um, but yeah, this is a big this is a big deal. It's a big signing for them at that position. Um, so that, that's one less thing they have to worry about in the draft. So I think this is all good things for Houston. Um, a little surprised he didn't go back to Dallas, especially for just a $9 million contract, but still staying in the same area. I like it, one, because I like it for Dalton Schultz. Dude's agent probably called him and goes, Dalton, you realize how good of a tight end class we got here? Somebody's offering you a decent deal. Fucking take it. Next year's tight end class is duty. Like, okay, so here's the thing, right? So we have, like, all-American tight ends that are, like, projected fifth and sixth-round picks right now. That should be telling you right now, Dalton, get on the market. Get a contract next year when the tight end market is crap. Go sign for $12 million a year. Exactly. Four-year deal. Exactly, because you got guys like the kid from um, Georgia, Darnell Washington, very good. And then the you also have Miami. the kid out of ND. Yeah, him too. Yeah. But I mean, that that kid from ND is going to be easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be shocked if they're talking falls lower than than fifteen. Um, yeah, they're talking high first round for him now. Washington, they're saying sneaking into the back end of the first now. They can see like somebody like maybe like. Uh, not like Philly, but like um maybe ugh, frick, I don't know, maybe like Oakland trying to trade back, Las Vegas trying to trade back I mean, in the first shoot, round to go get them. Maybe yeah. maybe Dallas, bro. I mean, maybe Dallas takes that's one a total Dallas move. They would on it. I think that's why they let Dalton walk, is because they're like, we can just go draft another tight end. Trade up a couple spots, try and get Meyer. Yeah, Who right. Knows? They're they're gonna try to keep it the way they want to do it. And here's the other thing. I love the Devin Singletary move. Okay, listen, you can he is going to eat up yards. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can block a little bit. It's not a bad idea. And, oh, look, you go get another running back in the draft to go with him. Maybe go get Jameer Gibbs. Maybe go get uh, Tajay, uh, Tajay Sharp out of uh, Tulane, who's a burner who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And with, There's a with, lot of options here. Exactly. With, with signing Singletary, you give Damian Pierce some, you know, a veteran – running back that can kind of, you know, show him maybe holes in his game, you know, make his game better because until he got shut down, he was looking like he, um, you know, was maybe going to finish as like a finalist for offensive rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. He was looking very promising. Oh yeah. We Damian Pierce. Then you met, yeah. Damian Pierce. And I'm sorry. I completely forgot. I knew they had a good running back. Couldn't think of his name right there. So the running back take, take it off the board. Yeah. Pearson Singletary. That's a bruising backfield. Bruising backs make it a very comfortable for quarterbacks because bruising back gets you three or four yards every every play. Um, one other thing I'm going to race you guys. 
let's look at the AFC South for a second. I know you said six wins, Mace, but like I'm just looking at their schedule. I'm thinking about because I know the AFC South has a kind of an easy schedule this year for their rotation. You also have the fact that the Titans are bleeding. The Jack, the Jack, everyone knows the Jaguars are going to run away with this damn division if they stay healthy. Like they are a loaded team who just got better. Then you throw in the fact that um, Tennessee, Houston, oh, 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 Indy, Indy's also right behind them in the draft. Indy has, Indy has no weapons. You're right. Michael Pittman's an overrated B plus receiver at best. Jonathan Taylor, let's hope he can stay healthy. And their best tight end option is a former VCU center and Jelani Woods, who was a gadget guy at Virginia Tech. I, or Virginia, whoever the, whatever ACC school we play ball at, doesn't matter. Here's the kicker. And they have an aging defense that costs way too much money. But, and they, and I can find a way for them to screw up this pick because Shane Steichen is almost as dumb as Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> so, I mean, but, but yeah, it's like, I, I do agree. They have eight, nine wins. They can pull it off. It's just I, I I don't know. I mean, it, it just depends on I think oh, who gonna, they go with at quarterback. You know, if they go CJ, it's eight nine wins. If they go Bryce, it's eight. It's seven eight. If they go AR or Will Levis, it's about two. <laughs> right, right. But but yeah, to your point, Indy's going to be working with a rookie quarterback with you know a solid running back. But but we you know we've seen one really good season out of Jonathan Taylor, and then last year it was just extremely extremely disappointing with the injuries um and just the you know it, it felt like he just didn't have that same spark from the 2021 season um and then you have jacksonville who like you said is probably going to run away with this, this division win 10 11 12 games and then indy new coach gonna have a new quarterback rookie quarterback most likely um Minimal weapons. And then Tennessee, it's like you have your best player in Derrick Henry who's essentially wanting out. You don't know what you're going to roll with at quarterback, and you don't really have a high enough draft pick to to get one of these top two guys for sure. And so what? You know, maybe AR slides to you. Who knows? But it's like even if you take a guy like him, you roll the dice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that AR is not going to be sort of a formidable threat in this league for another two, three more years. Um, he's going to have to sit behind someone. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they could finish last in the division, in the division or they could finish second and win, you know, seven, eight games. Yeah. It's just – it's all kind of up in the air with Houston. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, you can be optimistic, but it's like you, you have to be – conscious of the fact that Texans fans were optimistic last season and I mean they they underperformed wildly probably performed what you know logical people were saying that that's how they performed but um not not great last year so I don't know I think something six I to think eight to remember something I think to remember too I don't know if they're gonna I don't know about his health I don't know if they're getting him back this year but they do have John Mechie very true. That's something true. to also think about. I think that's easy to forget that they have John Mechie. I, I pray I that he's still reason, doing well with his health. I think that's the reason they go probably Q at 13. They go CJ. Oh, my God. CJ Stroud's on a fucking Quentin Johnson. Oh, my Lord. That's a sound yeah, fucking yeah. Well, imagine, it could be, 
imagine CJ Stroud dropping back, throwing to Quentin Johnson, uh, John Mechie, or Dalton Schultz, or just hand the ball off to Damian Pierce. Or and don't they, have, they have another good one. They have another good. Uh, they got Nico um, Collins, I think. Nico Collins, uh, whatever his second half of his last name is. Or Nico Collins, and there was another one too. There's a two parter in there. Oh, wait, no, that guy might be on the Texan Titans. Either way, Nico Collins, big dude. Then you also have Quentin Johnson, possibly. Big dude. Or, I mean, shoot, dude. Maybe they, they go with Smith and Jigba, and then you get that that Stroud-JSN link-up, man. And that – that uh, I'm not a big know, man. That, that could be nasty. I'm not a big JSI guy. We're going to talk about that in about 10 minutes. Uh, all right. Here is the kicker. I want to talk a little WBC. Unless you got anything else for NFL to talk about before we hit the draft talk. Anybody else say guy NFL draft takes NFL stuff today? Only thing I really saw on Twitter, I don't even know if it's legit or not, if it's a joke or if I just missed it, but they said Cam Newton's going to throw at Auburn's pro day. Yeah, I saw that too. He's a he I'm announced seeing it. that right so, now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I saw it like two minutes ago. I love it, I man. Go, Cam. Do what you got to do, baby. I will say I, I did enjoy Texans Twitter tweeting out. They were like, they were so pissed that they signed Case Keenum as a backup. They're like, why don't we just go out and get Cam Newton? I'm like, have you seen Cam Newton throw? Yeah, I mean, did you seasons? see him in the 2021 season when this guy was awful? Like, he was terrible. I'm back for three plays. Right. Yeah. It was oh, bad. One last Anyways, NFL no. thought. Uh, Cooks to the Cowboys. They gave him a oh, fifth and sixth yes. rounder. And I, like I, I think it's, it's stupid. I think it's a terrible move. You would have been better off re-signing Schultz and him being your second option and then getting a guy like Zay Flowers – Jordan Addison later in like that kind of 18 to 22 area in the draft, because it's like, I mean, it's not the compensation that's an issue. It's just the fact that now you basically have said, this is going to be our second option. And, you know, Sandy Lamb is great. Um, Don't get me wrong. He's, he's a wonderful player. He's going to have a great year again next year, but you know, let's say C.D. Lamb, you know, turns an ankle, has a little, my, you know, knee injury, whatever it might be early Gets in the season. Bell wrong, whatever. It's, now, yeah. now, now Cooks is your number one option, dude. Now and Cooks Dak is your number one option. And, and at that point, you're, you're toast. You are and toast. Dak ain't, isn't even a top 15 deep ball guy anymore. He was for yeah, like no. one season. So my other op- thinking on this is they're probably going to go now that with the Brandon Cook, because I think that's why in my head I'm like they're going tight end first round because they got their number two receiver. I Is Michael Gallup still on a contract there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they do have Gallup, you know, who's solid. But, it, but I mean, Michael Gallup, you know, to be fair, he has his ceiling, right? According um, to Mike McCarthy, they're going to just run the ball a lot this year. So I don't know what the hell is going to fucking happen. They're going to kill Tony Pollard by week five. And then Jason Smith and Jig was going to get decked by whatever Eagles free safety starting that week. And no, not Jason Smith and Sorry, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, who has notoriously, it's like a running joke on Eagles Twitter, he's always been awful against us, no matter what team he plays for. Saints, actually, no, he had one good play against the Eagles when he was like a rookie. He outran our safety by like a mile because he's, he, he's a rocket. But all I just remember is that Super Bowl when Malcolm Jenkins just knocked him out cold. I don't know. I'm on and the uh that's, that's Brandon Cooks to me, man. <laughs> He's a meme to I'm me. on the other end of it. I like this one for them. I mean, all right, let me paint you a picture. Imagine family reasons, yes, Matthew. Family <laughs> reasons for Brandon Cooks, no. When no, you got, for um, the Cowboys, you 
Oh no, no, not family reasons. I don't care if they're good or bad. But um, I no, I like I like them on the other end. I I like um I like C D Lamb and I like I like, like a pinch of picture. You got C D Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and then you got uh, Michael Gallup in the slot. Let's just say they go out and they draft uh, Mayor out of out of out of um out of ND, and then they get a second round running back, whether it's Gibbs or whoever they get. We pair them up with Pollard. I think that's a pretty solid offense. And I know the whole thing is you know Dak with the deep ball, but we were talking the same thing with Tua and and Tyreek Hill, and that worked out pretty well. So I'm not saying it can't work out. I, I think, I mean, we got to remember, Brandon Cook spent three seasons with the Texans, and that was two with Davis Mills, and, and that was another one with, oh, my God, I don't even know who the hell it was before Davis Mills. I can't even remember right now. Because um, it was, that was, uh, was that when Deshaun Watson was still active? Or is he out by that time? I, I believe, so if, if we're thinking back to the 2020, like 2020? season, then I think was that Watson when he sat out? I think Watson no, did play 21, that year. 21, he sat out. Oh, got you. All right, so then he had that one season with Watson, yeah. and then the last two was Davis Mills the last two years. I, I still think he's got some play in him. I think it'll be nice. I think it'll be really well in Dallas. It's probably the cheaper option than having to spend that that maybe that tight end or that running back pick to go get the um, DeAndre from Arizona. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But imagine a, a rookie running back with Pollard, a rookie tight end like Mayer or somebody, whoever they get, and then you pair them up with Cooks, Lamb, and Gallup. I don't think it's going to be a bad offense. Um the real question is just going to be how that play calling is going to go. It's just one of those things. I, I agree, Matt. Like, it, it's just it, – it, it's a wild card sort of move to me because it can either work out really well if you're – you know, in your hypothetical situation because I do like that idea. Meyer um, with your first-rounder, Gibbs with your mid-second-rounder, or maybe you trade up and try to get him high second round. Um. It's just we we know the Eagles are still probably going to win this division, and so oh, yeah. don't it, tell nobody yet. But but it, it's just one of those things where it's like it, it either it, it's a mastermind move play from Jerry Jones, or it's one of those things where this guy has he's seen his better days, and he just comes in and he's not really the threat that he was um, with New England, with New Orleans. Um, and then in the early years with the Texans a couple years ago, but either works out well, either works out really poorly. The good thing is that they didn't they didn't have to give up much for him. I mean, fifth and a sixth, that's, that's pretty much nothing. Like they're gonna yeah. blow those on bad players anyway, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's true. The, the Cowboys the only get their first and second round picks, guys. We've always known this. They're good at the first two rounds. That's it. Um, sure. I think Jerry falls asleep at the teleprompter after that. All right, I want to talk a little World Baseball Classic for like five, ten minutes max, and we'll do our picks. Um, First of all, if anybody has a problem with the World Baseball Classic because guys got freak injuries, you can actually kiss my big white ass. All right, I'm done. Okay, I'm sick of this shit. It's fun. The ratings are through the fucking roof. I'm sorry your closer got hurt celebrating, Mets fans. Fuck off. All right, I'm done with this shit. Seriously, it's great for everything baseball. I have had so much fun watching these fucking games and watching capitalism beat the shit out of the rest of the world for the last three weeks. Our offense literally sent Cuba back to the pre-Castro era with that beating last night. And now if we play Mexico, oh my God, the jokes, because it's either going to be us versus Mexico or us versus Japan in the final. 
either way, the jokes I will make are not going to be PG-13. Because either there's going to be some World War II jokes involved or some Border War jokes involved. I cannot <laughs> promise they're going to be good. So, I will say this. To P- Keith Olbermann, who bitched and moaned about Freeman and then Diaz. First of all, I hate Keith Olbermann. I'm done with Keith Olbermann. I, I think his takes are terrible. They're elitist. They don't get half of the sports ma- fans' plays. Most sports fans do not make what Keith Olbermann has made. They do not get the luxuries he has. Most of us, I, I don't know about y'all, I actually enjoyed watching the World Baseball Classic this year. I was looking forward to it in 2020, and then Uncle COVID came through. I was looking forward to it in 2017 when Adam Jones ripped out Puerto Rico's heart and it was hysterical. Funny as hell because Adam Jones and Eric Hosmer, two guys who are basically washed up at this point, one's retired, ended your title hopes. So here's my kicker, right? I love this tournament. I think it's great for the sport of baseball. It shows how much this game is probably the second most, like, like cricket, cricket and bat, cricket aside, because cricket isn't really played in the U.S. successfully. Rugby, same thing, where it's played, but it's like not mainstream. It's the second biggest mainstream sport in the world, besides soccer. <clears throat> Come on, the Netherlands were a powerhouse this year. They had like seven MLB All Stars on the roster. Italy had like six prospects. These guys were. It was great. Mexico's Don't got an espresso like- machine in the dugout. Exactly, and Mikey pa- Mikey Piazza fucking being the manager with that freaking beautiful handlebar mustache, right? I love it. So why do you guys all have to ruin – like, this is why I hate, like, big sports media. Or at least, like, aging, not relevant sports media like Keith Olbermann. The only time I hear his name anymore is when he does something and bitches about politics. I'm like, dude, nobody fucking cares about your opinion. Go away. There's a reason I don't follow him on Twitter. It's because, and they, somehow some idiot I follow retweets his shit. If, I, if we I, could I, just I, take all of the pro starters and put them all in the classic and let the young rookies and the triple A and the single A and the double A play in the spring training, like I'd watch the, the world baseball classic all day. I, I think it's, I think it's fun. I'd rather watch that than having to watch the spring training where you see a guy play for one and a half innings. And then it's like, you know, yeah. our like, got single A coming in. My boy, Merrill Kelly is going to be the starting pitcher for the championship game. Diamondbacks ace, Merrill Kelly, who literally has had a career revival in Arizona. And it's like a really cool story. And now he's pitching for Team USA against either Japan or Mexico. And I love it. I love how Diamondbacks rookie center fielder, Alec Thomas, is the starting center fielder or right fielder for Mexico. I love watching these guys who I root for on a daily basis play. I love getting finally to root for Dodgers because the second they put that ugly-ass white and blue jersey on again, I want them to go away. But at least when they're wearing the red, white, and blue, I can root for my boy Paul Goldschmidt again. It doesn't completely break my heart. So, that being said, just shut up. If you don't have anything to say about the World Baseball Classic, go away. Dear MLB owners, I'm sorry, Stevie Co., Uncle Steve. Just go pay in for another closer. You know you've got the money in your account for a one-year deal. I guarantee Fernando Rodney's. I'm just kidding. No, he's retired as hell. I guarantee Craig Kimbrell's still out there doing something. Just, just go get a closer. All right, stop it. Just, just go get somebody else. It sucks, but it's a freak thing that happened. It wasn't like he was playing the fucking game. What happened to Freddie Freeman, by the way? I like. Did I completely miss this preseason? It was like the I, first I game during. I didn't I see that one. I didn't see that I one either. Arenado it was like so under the radar. Pitch and everything. All I know about the L1D one is because like Frank the Tank went on this rant where he went at SVP's kids. And I'm like, 
somebody take this dude's Twitter. Like, I'm like, I'm waiting for Portnoy to take away this dude's Twitter account. Because I'm like, dude, now you're getting personal with a, a, a like a Barstool Hall of Famer right there on SVP. Either way. Well, stop the, getting at uh, it. The Cornerby family's uh, heart and soul are with the Astros during this time for poor Altuve's uh, broken hand. Uh, we I wish him nothing but the best. Very much sarcasm. Um, he can he can miss the season if he needs to. Take the time off. We don't need it. Look, look, you're going to kill the poor Mets, the four, poor Astros fan at the bottom of the screen's heart, man. Mace, are you okay, buddy? I'm sorry about Altuve. Yeah, no, we were watching the game in the sports book. Uh, what was that on Saturday night? The Venezuela USA game, and he took that ball like right off the hand, dude, hot right off the thumb or whatever. And they, I guess they're saying it's like a fractured thumb. Um, so I think they said on that injury, it's like four to six weeks, whatever. So he'll probably miss the beginning of the season but i mean when we win the al west by like 15 games it you know it doesn't really matter when we got the weakest division in in baseball so he can he can take a a a couple games off i mean i don't expect seattle to you know they'll be good they'll be a wild card team again man but um so you're not concerned about the oakland athletics is what you're not concerned about the A's. Absolutely, could all star for Oakland at this point, man. That team's a dumpster. You know what? No, we're relegating them. The Savannah Bananas are now the AL West, guys. We're doing this. You know what we'll do? We'll just give them one or two seasons, and they'll wind up trading us for a bunch of prospects. There we go. Exactly, dude. Also, uh, Uh, Freeman's injury is a hamstring, by the way. A hamstring. Okay. Um, Bijan Robinson apparently tweeted out that he's. in Philadelphia, took a picture of the link, and Eagles Twitter is losing their fucking minds right now. I mean, listen, that's awesome, guys, but he still has to follow us. Howie would never draft a running back at ten. Just don't, don't even think about it. No, no, that's not Howie. Howie, hey, man, maybe they trade down, dude. Why not? Howie's. We also have thirty. We also have thirty as well. It's not impossible. I mean, I think everybody's going to kind of look at Saquon and be like, I missed a lot of time. He was his number three over two overall pick. I feel like running back, especially you think Trent Richardson too, was like that last like three or four overall guy. Like I, I think top 10 for running backs is pretty much done with unless you get somebody like the next Christian McCaffrey coming in. But um, I was just might like need next, to like, maybe. Next... Adrian, I was going like, to say maybe. I love, Steve, I love um, Christian McCaffrey. He was not worth his pick. He was never worth his pick. He was no, worth the back end. Maybe, maybe trade down from ten if you re- if that's who you really want with your first pick. Maybe trade from ten down to maybe in like the fifteens or four or whoever wants to trade back up and snag him there. But um, I think that would or be dump thirty monster for- and dump thirty in a, in a third round and that Saints third rounder for next year and move up <clears throat> like four picks. <clears throat> just just mm-hmm. you, all you have to do is like leapfrog a team because I guarantee. Most of those teams who are running, so the only a lot of the teams who are running back needy have filled the running back hole. Mm. And by the way, Saquon still isn't signed his running back tender. That's not going to end well. I hope you all realize that. That's going to get worse before it gets better. Giants fans. I mean, listen, I love Saquon. I would love the to same, see him playing at same time. I don't if... have to root against them. But yeah, all right. And then we'll get to. I mean, at the same time, if he sits out, he. 
if he sits out a year, it's it's the me studies show that does not work well for the player. You look at Le'Veon Bell, you look at like Melvin Gordon, they they it does not pan out usually well for them when they take that year off and then they want to come back and play on a on a normal contract and the production is not always there. I I think he should sign and play. He's going to get a one year big time contract kind of thing with that tag, and then I think it was like ten million maybe for running back. Maybe try and cash yeah. in next year if he can replicate that season, but. Hey man, Kurt, like Kirk Cousins said, don't sleep on the 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 franchise tag because every year that thing gets more expensive. Fair enough. Alrighty, boys, we're gonna talk some wide receivers. Oh yes, I was actually excited for this one because it's like the one position where I I, I only like 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 one player and the rest have to earn my respect because the next four in my lit next there's like I have technically six because it's a tie at four. Because there's four guys who are all the same receiver. Number one is Q. If anybody else says it's not Quentin Johnson, you're an idiot. This man is six foot four, runs around a four five, high four four, and open field is it. So my I said in my notes, um, AJ Brown with dreads meets Vincent Jackson's body. This man is literally a monster. If we didn't have AJ Brown and Smitty, I would be screaming for how we draft this man. I love Q. I think he's going to be dynamic. I would love to see the Texans get him, maybe get a Andre Johnson vibe back, a big physical receiver out of a Southern school. It works for me, man. I think he's perfect in Houston with CJ Stroud, hopefully. Even Bryce Young might take advantage. I think Bryce Young just needs to go to like Indy and sit behind that masterful offensive line that they still have somehow. Um, number two. Jordan Addison. That man is fucking explosive. He is the only reason I have him above JSI, Zach Flowers, or Josh Downs is because this man is a missile. And he is aggressive with the ball. He does everything right. The only thing, the real only reason he's not above Q is he's not above six foot. Or he's not above six one. So there you go. That's the only reason he's not tied with Q is because this dude literally does everything Q does a little faster, but he's not the same size. Q is just as just as talented as Jordan Addison, but is four inches taller and is and has a lot stronger and utilizes that strength. Number three, I will give him the benefit of the doubt for now, but I am skeptical. It's JSI. Listen, I didn't like his little not playing with the hamstring, whatever. Okay. I understand. Like I said before, I understand what Jamar Chase set out. That LSU team was going to be booty. He didn't want to risk his top five pick status. I get that. Here's the kicker with JSI. JSI was never going to be a top five pick. He had one amazing game, was a decent slot receiver behind Marvin, behind Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Here's the thing. He isn't even the best receiver in his own damn team. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a dog. I think JSI is very talented. I think he's got a lot of great tools, and he's going to be a great slot receiver in the NFL. He is not worth a top 20 pick to me. I think that's stupid if you take him before the top 25. I think a back-end guy maybe going to KC, maybe to going to up to Mason's squad up in New England, or you know yes. maybe going to the Giants. That's a put pick I could see it working. Or going to my fucking Eagles, even though I'd hate it, because I like Quez Watkins better. I think Quez has more over the top. I think Quez fits our offense better for what we, we try to do. But JSI is a very talented slot receiver. Is he a number one? Hell no. This dude basically is a shiftier, a little more explosive John Mechie. And I'll run with that take. Um, at four, I've got a tie between Zay Flowers and Josh Downs. 
They're the same fucking player. One's a little better than the other at certain things. Josh Downs took advantage of the fact that he had two of the best college quarterbacks in the ACC over the past 10 years. Sam Howell and Drake May. Drake May, by the way, is going to be a top five pick in the next two years. I will tell you that right now. That boy can fucking sling it. He is – okay, so in the ACC, there's only one quarterback I actually fear against my Hurricanes, and that is Drake May. Drake May literally haunts my nightmares because that boy does everything right with freak like ability. You can't teach what he does. I watched him on tape tear my heart out, and I'm just like – I'm watching Miami put up this Herculean fight, right? And I just watch him. I'm at my cousin's Pop Warner game, right? I'm in the stands. They're in a timeout. I go check the game. I watched Drake May drive down the field in four plays and throw a touchdown. I'm like, motherfucker. He beat two all-pro, two uh, pro-caliber defensive players on a route. It wasn't even the Josh Downs. I like Josh Downs a lot, but he was definitely a product of having an elite quarterback. Zay Flowers, on the other hand, is dirty. Because Dracovich is about as inaccurate as D- Davis Mills. That boy is missing throws left and right, and, and Zay Flowers is bailing his ass out. I would like to see a little more explosiveness out of Zay Flowers, which I did see that with Josh Downs. That's the reason they're tied. And number five, and everyone's going to be like, why is he so high on your list, Jared? Jalen fucking Hyatt. This man is fast. And he is fast as shit, and he can run routes. He's a great target of the deep ball. My pro comp to him is a hybrid of Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson where he has a little bit of route running ability. He's shifty. He's got decent hands. But you get that boy in the secondary, gone. Like, just, you can't catch him. His perfect fit to me is Philly in the slot to replace Quez Watkins. That's somebody I could see them taking in the third, fourth round. I like him best in Philadelphia when he doesn't have to be the primary guy. He literally just has to catch a ball in the slot and take it to the take it to the six. Where I don't think he's a, or maybe uh Seattle. Replacing Lockett is another one I like. Um, I could see the Jets if they cut Corey Davis and Alan Lazard gets hurt for the 4,000th time. Uh, I could also see the Texans as a good guy opposite to, if they don't take Q and they take Smith and Jigma early. I like Hyatt over a lot of these guys because I saw Hyatt produce against some of the best corners in football consistently. Every year, the NFL draft experts shit on one SEC receiver and I go back and I say the same thing. I'll never make the same mistake I made with Justin Jefferson. I said Justin Jefferson couldn't separate. It was not just he made a bunch of jump balls. It was all Joe Burrow. I was wrong. Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers of our generation. And I've never looked at SEC receivers the same again. He's being the best athletes in the world constantly. He's outrunning the best athletes in the world constantly. The only reason he gets shit on is because he's only six foot a buck ninety. He's average bit. He basically the same size, if a little bigger, than Devontae Smith. I'm telling you, man, that boy can haul ass, and I'm telling you, he's going to be a nightmare. That's my receiver picks. Who wants to go next? I can go next if that works. I'm trying to find the dimensions on this specific guy. If you want me to go ahead, I can, Matt. I got it. Now we're good. Um, no, so all right. So I got I got a little different kind of a list going on. I'll start with the, from five to one. So at five, I'm starting with Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Um, small guy, 
182 pounds. Who, who, I'm, I'm going to go right off the rip in my pro comparison. Who? Did, what does 5'9", 182 scream? That screams Jameson Crowder. So I got a little slot kind of guy in there. Has great field vision that when dissecting defenses. Solid start-stop ability and burst. He's got good footwork, good hands. Like I said, reminds me of like a Jameson Crowder, which is why I have him as a fit with the commanders, a team that likes to draft small receivers. Um, so I'm going to kind of give a little bit of a push with Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin with whoever's going to be throwing the ball down there. Um, number four, I'm going with Jordan Addison out of USC. Um, 4-4-9-40, athletic receiver with some deep ball speed, good hands, toughness, solid combination of what you want in a receiver, athleticism, hands hands down the field speed. Um, I think you might have talked about this before. I kind of like what that little comparison with Tyler Lockett to Jordan Addison, and I think he'd be a good fit with Seattle to replace him or just to add some depth with DK Metcalf or Geno Smith. Uh, number three, I'm going with Jackson Smith and Jake Latt of Ohio State. Um, it's 4 4 8 40, good speed, good size, 6 feet, 196. Could bulk up if you need to with that weight, but had a great great first two years until he got hurt um, last year. Um, kind of, I've been going back and forth with this in my head. I can see like a Brandon Cooks with that, with the comparison for him. Um, just a slot guy with some good potential to be more, could make tight, congested catches. I like him at 14 to New England, like I think we were talking about before, and Mason as a fit for that one. Um, number three, is that three? That was three. Number two, I'm going right with um, Jalen High, who I'm very high on in this draft. I think he has a potential to be one of the best receivers coming out of this one with the right fit. Um, listen, he's, I think he's got what it takes to be one of the best receivers in this draft. He's got elite speeds, can smoke defensive backs. Unless you double cover him, it's going to be extremely difficult to contain him. Um, fantastic catch and run threat. Picks up big yardages with yards after carry. Um, like you said, I wrote it down before, but I have him as a Deshaun Jackson prototype. Uh, man's got amazing speed. It's, in, it's unmatchable. And I think he'd be a great ball fit. tracking ability is like, Oh, it's human. He just, I, I it's, truly, like, it's the way he's like, so like one of the things I always noticed, there's some receivers who can't follow a ball in the air to save their life, man. Like it doesn't matter how fast they are. They can't track a ball. It's like, it's like playing outfield when you're cat, when you're a deep threat. Right. And one of the biggest things I always saw with guys some of the best deep ball guys of all time aren't even that fast. They just know how to come down with it and then make move after. Yeah. And um, he's, he's got, he's got it all. And I, I really think he has, he's a sleeper to be one of the receivers taken. And I think a perfect fit with him would be with the giants just because they haven't, they've invested 13 million into the wide receiver core this off season. They haven't added anybody that's dangerous. I mean, they re-signed their Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. They brought in Jeff Smith from the, from the jets um, throw, Throw Jalen Hyde in there with Wondale Robinson and Slayton and Shepard. Um, easily just steps right in as that number two kind of guy. I think he could do some good things with Daniel Jones and uh, Brian Dable. Then the obvious number one is Quentin Johnson out of TCU. Um, just 4.440, great speed, great route running, creates separation with defenders, very athletic with a great combination of acceleration. You name it, and this kid's got it. This guy has number one receiver written all over for him. My pro comp for him with a big receiver with some good speed and hands. I like Amari Cooper with him as a nice comparison. And I think he'd work well with Houston going down there, taking over Brandon Cook's role, working with Mechie and whoever else they grab down there as long as he's able to play. And with that rookie quarterback they draft. So I like Quentin Johnson as the number one, and I think he'd be really good with the uh, the Texans down in Houston. There you go. All right, Mace, take us home, baby. Put the cherry on top. All right, so I'll go five to one like Matt. 
Um, at five, I've got a little bit of a wild card. Um, for those that have known about this guy for multiple seasons, they can remember um, when he was a projected top 10 pick, um, depending on when he was going to leave LSU, I have Kayshawn Booty. Um, oh, Booty. So had had a rumored um, off-field incident um, with a – a, a party for people that can remember um, was essentially asked to leave the team. Um, you know, did not finish out the season with LSU um, who had great success last year with uh, Brian Kelly, but six foot two Oh five um, nice frame on this dude. A uh, good route runner, just kind of one of those prospects that he's not going to be a first, second round guy. He's probably going to fall to um, third round and either could be really good or just could be a total miss. But um, he, he's my wild card at five. Number four, I've got Zay Flowers out of Boston College. 5'10", 172 is what I have uh, per CBS here. Um, you know, just a really fast prospect. Um, you know, not the biggest guy, 5'10 is small, 172. He's probably going to have to put on some weight um, before the season starts, which which shouldn't be an issue. But very fast, um, you know, whoever ends up taking him is probably going to look for uh, a burner-type receiver who can just kind of blow by guys, yards after the catch kind of kind of prospect. Um, three, I've got Jordan Addison out of USC. Those um, who can remember his 2021 Belitnikov winning year with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Um, you know, I mean, just just really good. Six foot, 175, obviously showed out for USC this season. You know, there were kind of questions up in the air when he initially transferred to USC. Oh, can this guy do it um, at a big scale program? Um, and an offense with, you know, probably the most prolific offensive mind in the game with Lincoln Riley at head coach. Um, and he absolutely lived up to that. That kind of expectation was really, really good last year. Unfortunately, got hurt in the, I believe it was a Pac-12 championship. And so did not play in the bowl game versus Tulane. And they, they definitely missed him in that um, when they ended up losing that game. But, you know, I would love to – I don't think he's going to fall to us at 14. But, you know, just like you guys said, I would love to have him come in. And, and if we trade for a guy like D-Hop, him kind of be that second option, I think that would be fantastic. Number two, I've got Smith and Jigba, 6'1", 200. Uh, two years ago when he played in the Rose Bowl, we saw this, this kind of dude's potential. Um, had a monster game, completely took over, made just some insane catches. Um, it would be really cool, I think, to see him uh, in Houston or in New England. You know, if, if Houston takes Stroud and they can pair him up uh, with Stroud, I think that would be very, very interesting. They've already got Link up. Uh, they know each other's tendencies. They, they played together for two years. Um, just a, just a really solid, you know, had a fantastic combine. I think many would say that he probably of the receivers had the, you know, most approved considering he did not play in that playoff semifinal. So there were, you know, injury concerns with the hamstring. He, I don't think he ran the 40, 
Um, but, but, you know, check the tape, man. I mean, this guy's very fast. He can separate, he can go up and get, um, you know, 50, 50 balls. You know, I, I think he really checks all the boxes for whatever team, you know, takes him, um, a legitimate number one option for whoever. Number one, obviously, Quentin Johnston uh, at a TCU, 6'4", 215, massive, massive frame. You know, literally checks all the boxes, plus the size. I mean, it seems like this dude is a slam dunk. Uh, really wish he would have gone ahead and transferred to OU uh, before last season. That would have been awesome. Could have thrived in the offense with uh, Marvin Mims, who's also in this class. But, um, I mean, I don't see this guy falling lower than I would probably say. Let's see here. I said I said 13 to Houston was the farthest he falls. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right, Jared. I mean, shoot, man. I, I, might, I might outdo you here, man, and say he doesn't go lower than 10. Um, to, who's got 10? Philly trades back? Maybe. Um, so, so Chicago has nine. So that that would okay. absolutely be put him know, that in. That makes a lot of sense, man. You've got oh a young quarterback God. like Fields, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and uh, Darnell Mooney. That's a loaded receiving core. You right can even, in, a, in a division that that you know it's about to be know, wide open. Right, dude. You know Green yeah. Bay is probably going to suck. It's, it's Detroit you know, Vikings aren't putting up that that Mickey Mouse bubble you know run that they were on last year. Not, not putting up any of that fake just come it's back. Detroit Chicago boys. Like we've hit the it's the Twilight Zone. It's Detroit versus Chicago up north. Yeah. So he's I, got I the mean best pizza. He, he's for sure I'll go to Detroit. The, the, I mean, everyone, I think, you know, all experts kind of align with the fact that I mean, this dude, he really seems like he's gonna be just kind of like a Justin Jefferson, man. He's gonna come into whatever offense and um destroy it. He, he gets drafted to, man, and, I mean, regardless of whatever quarterback is thrown to him, he's going to put up numbers. You know, you're going to see highlights from this dude every couple of weeks. You're going to see a catch on Twitter that this guy makes, and you're just going to be like, oh, my goodness. Did this dude really just make this catch? Um, yeah, I, I wish the Patriots had, had maybe, you know, tanked a little bit to get this, this kind of prospect, man, because he is – I mean, he is a real deal, bro. Like he mm-hmm. he is gonna, you know, really, really have a successful career, I feel like, in the NFL. There you go. Well said. We're all listen, this is I think this is the third time in a row we've had who this consensus number one is. Now we get to tackles and tight ends. This might that's a dual show next week, by the way. Also, I might do my first mock draft this week. I'm gonna take a this weekend I definitely party a little hardy, so maybe I'll uh Take it easy Friday night and uh, on my last Friday night off and uh, maybe just do a little mock draft, get a good night's sleep. I don't know. Uh, boys and girls, thank you so much for stopping by. Shout out to our amazing sponsors, YouTubefusion.com, promo code Corbooth for 10% off, and Candidips.com, promo code Bud for 20% off. By the way, their new peach flavor is fucking gas. Oh, my Lord. I burned through that tan in two days. Um Shout out to Belly Up Sports and Belly Media for, of course, facilitating this. Shout out to Mason and Matt for stopping by. Shout out to Mace for surviving spring break. <laughs> dude, In I New Orleans. I, dude, I, I drove back from uh from New Orleans, man. So on the way down, we stopped in Houston. We we kind of broke up the drive a little bit. Norman to Houston, then Houston over to New Orleans. But yesterday, man, we just made the the straight burner run. Yeah, dude. And it was it was 
painful, brother. It was painful. Well, we, I, we were like, able to get out of town around like 10, 15. It's not um, bad for New Orleans because usually their traffic's pretty nasty getting out of town. Yeah, dude. So we 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 were able to get out at a reasonable time. We we rolled into uh into Normantown around probably eight forty five. So made good time, but I mean that much time on the road, dude. dude it'll <laughs> it'll it'll take it out of you, man. So well, for the folks at home, because I my sister made this drive. Um, when she was coming back from when she moved back from LA to um, Connecticut, she went through her and my brother went through the Southern Loop, and they went up to New Orleans. They went from Houston to New Orleans. But for those of you who don't know, Norman to Oklahoma is woods and desert and fields. Like that's it. There, there's. Are there any towns on the way, or is it just fucking rural? Well, so you, you kind of go up through the middle part of the state of Louisiana, and then you go through East Texas over to Dallas. And I mean, there. So you you go through Alexandria, which is like pretty small town, but I mean, decently big. And then you go through Shreveport, Tyler, and then over to Dallas. But I mean, yeah, man. I mean, there is not there is not much, dude. Jesus, that's like um, when you get south of New York City, and you get on the park Jersey Parkway and it's just woods and highway until you hit Philadelphia. And then it's DC Balt Baltimore DC and then it's nothing for miles until you hit uh North Carolina you hit Charlotte on 95 I think 95 Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte and then I think you hit after that it's woods again until you I think hit maybe Atlanta. 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 Yeah. I think you maybe hit one college. I think you like hit like maybe you hit Clemson or something like that. But you, it's really rural. The one time I did it, I think once I got past Charlotte, I'm like, this is dead. It was uh, it was one for the books, dude. I will not be making that drive anytime soon <laughs> ever again, bro. Mason's cannonball run. I will be I will be flying, man. If I'm I can do that Nola to Houston and then back. But what were I mean, you drive? What I gotta ask? What were you? What was the vehicle? What were you driving? So I drive a Jeep. Um, oh, Jesus Christ! So yeah, man. I mean, see, like I got a little cool, Honda Accord. That thing gets like almost thirty to the gallon. If I do somewhere between seventy-five and in sixty-five, that thing gets about you know a solid thirty, almost thirty miles to the gallon. But like, bro, I, I, the problem is like tonight I knew I was running late for you guys. And I still managed up being late because I need to eat something. I was like getting lightheaded and I literally was going down the highway doing like fucking 80. I was like, and I was going with traffic because I-84 in Connecticut, the second you get past, you get past 615, nobody wants to be on the highway. So everyone's doing 80 trying to get home. So if you go 70, you actually start creating a traffic jam. It's the sure. strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't get it. It's why our state's fucking weird. Matt can attest to this on the merit and on 95. If you go slow after six, you're an asshole, apparently. All right, boys and girls, appreciate you stopping by. Uh, this episode probably going to drop Tuesday morning. Uh, no YouTube this week. Uh, me and the boys kind of wanted to give our faces uh, some time off as well. Even though Matt's beard's looking phenomenal right now. Um, Try my best. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see you Thursday. Mason, Matt, and myself will be back. Uh, I have no idea who that will bring on for guests. We brought we brought the kitchen sink for my birthday show. So, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll see if I can yank Kevin out of the woods. But uh, we'll see what happens. But enjoy. Enjoy. And listen, have a good week. All right, folks? Peace.
Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.